0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. King Charles's coronation details have been revealed as he redirects $1.2 billion to the British people. Plus, Kim Kardashian buys Diana's necklace. Sarah Ferguson mentions the Queen at Lisa Marie's memorial, and Princess Eugenie is expecting her second child. Plus, Jonathan Sacradotti reveals British Parliament is pushing to strip Harry and Meghan of royal titles, as the future of their fate in the monarchy is uncertain.
1: I think it's going to be extremely difficult for them as a family, and and more broadly for the nation and, and for the institution, to forgive what's happened.
0: We've got that plus so much more on today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally us. That's Christine. I'm Christina. And welcome to another big week of royal news. I feel like we're finally um, coming down the... Uh- <laughs> Tidal wave of spare, yeah. so we're, I we're was kind gonna of say, we get to talk about someone other than Harry this I, week. So crazy, right? So um, but of course, it. he's still um, the topic of conversation in our comments section. So, Karee Donovan said, "The fact that Prince Harry dragged his niece and nephews into a public conversation like this—it's not maybe crossing the line. It most definitely is. It is so incredibly inappropriate and delusional of him to pull that card out. I mean, how dare he? Imagine if you were in Prince William and Princess Catherine's position. Yeah." That was a little kind of icky that he brought in um the children like it's no place for that kids are always off limits aren't they like you never drag anyone's children into a heated conversation or even in the public domain Mm -hmm, totally i totally agree with you um laura says if Harry can ever play an adult for a minute and take responsibility for just one thing in his life, maybe there can be a reconciliation. Until then, everyone knows you don't reward a public temper tantrum. And then um Jonesy said the BBC has just described Spare as the longest angry drunk text ever written. Pretty much sums it up, which I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. That. that was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I mean, it just it. I mean, we talked about it. I mean, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, uh, the conversations that they had. I mean, I mean, Harry did kind of make them public. But yeah it just doesn't seem like the accountability was taken on his part but who knows maybe we'll see that happen eventually eventually all right. yeah eventually all right let's get into our royal roundup and kick it off with some major coronation details uh, the official event will be held at westminster abbey in london and will be conducted by the archbishop of canterbury the coronation service will be the main event on the first day of coronation weekend which is saturday may 6th and will take place in the morning charles and camilla will arrive at westminster abbey from buckingham palace in what is known as the king's procession So after the coronation, the King and Queen will return to Buckingham Palace and other Royal members will um, join them on the balcony. We'll get our first big balcony shot of King Charles as the King. Once they arrive at Buckingham Palace, like I said, they'll um, be on the balcony and then they're gonna have a coronation concert at Windsor Castle. This is gonna be a huge, huge event. The audience will include volunteers from Charles and Camilla's affiliated charities and several thousand tickets will be given away for free through a national ballot held by the BBC. So expect a big weekend and then you get a bank holiday to cap it off <laughs>
2: yes I think it's a four-day weekend for the British I mean I think it's it's so strange because you think about the Queen's coronation which we've all sort of seen clips of and you know maybe watched the whole thing and it was such a you know so regal and so much pomp and ceremony and to think about that happening in 2023 is a, it's really like a juxtaposition of you know modern life and and you know timeless tradition but i think they've done a great job pairing it with um the the concert pairing it with the big lunch which i love they did this for the jubilee which they you know there was this big lunch um initiative which just encouraged people across the country to plan a picnic, plan a party, get together with your neighbors to celebrate. And then there's the big help out, which is a national day of volunteering. And it's it's really interesting because there is um, a big part of the culture is volunteering mm-hmm. in the UK, helping out other people. And so this is another, um, I think, really good idea to to bring people together for the coronation, making it more about the people than just, you know, the Royals
0: up on a pedestal. So lots of exciting stuff to going on. Definitely. And like you said, making it about the people, and that's what King Charles is doing, because he redirected $1.2 billion in profits from wind farms to the British government instead of the royal family. So they were due to receive a potential boost to their funds following an expected surge in profits from six wind farms owned by the Crown Estate across the British coast. Uh, The money would have come into the royal family funds that are annually given by the UK government to pay for their public duties, but he agreed to make that available to the Treasury, which is good because, obviously, going through a crisis a housing crisis um so it's going to be used for the wider public good um like we said when it's you know especially hard when people are you know, trying to get ends meet, you know, for fuel, for heating, for food, everything costs are on the rise. So this was a surprising, but I'm, I'm sure a very happy move from uh, I think, the royal Family. Yeah, I think it was great. You know, there's
2: a, a really pressing cost of living crisis throughout the UK mm-hmm. and the royal family has to be aware of that. And so having this grand, massive, you know, over the top coronation at a time when so many people throughout the UK are, are struggling to pay to heat their homes, um, really, just wouldn't have you know it, it wouldn't have represented the british people it wouldn't have looked good so mm-hmm. i think this particular decision um was really well thought out it those funds would have kind of initially gone towards um renovations at buckingham palace mm-hmm. uh but for it to be redirected in this in this way i think was was really great really well thought out on whoever came up with that idea on charles's camp because people are really you know throughout the uk they're really um, it's resonating with them. They're saying like, wow, this is what a modern monarchy looks like. Mm-hmm. And we've talked a lot about how is Charles going to
0: modernize the monarchy. And I think we're starting to see that. Definitely. And he and Camilla made their first public appearance together since uh, the spare book came out recently. Obviously, they're not talking about it, but, you know, it's business as usual. And like we kind of said before, it seems like the silence is very deafening. And yep. you know, that's the statement yeah. that they're making. And, you know, they're like, like you said, keep calm, carry on. And that's exactly what they're doing. It, it was amazing. Um, King
2: Charles and Queen Camilla were out in Blackpool and the crowds, there were so many people lining up, starting at 9 a.m. And the, the Royals didn't arrive until, I think, after 1230. So standing outside in the bitter cold for hours and hours, clearly people still love them and want to see them and are excited to support them. Even after all of the disasters with the book, mm-hmm. I think overwhelmingly people, they're able to separate the drama that Harry talks about and the Royal family as
0: individually. Definitely. All right. Well, the Princess of Wales welcomed the England Wheelchair Rugby League uh, for a reception at Hampton Court Palace. The festive event was held in honor of the team's win at the Rugby League World Cup Final in November, where they defeated France 28-24 to 24 to become world champions, which is great. She was greeted by Simon Johnson, who is the chair of Rugby Football League, and took some time to connect with team members, coaches. She shared some congratulations, and this was great because she is um, now in charge of the Rugby League after uh, Prince Harry, and she was um, you know, a named patron of the Rugby League, so this was definitely a fun event for her i love sporty kate i love yeah. when
2: we see her at these sporting <laughs> <laughs> events you know she she talked about how her family is really competitive she said that prince louis is so into rugby which is really cute my son is so into rugby as well um and she also shared that you know she her family is really really active they're always playing together and she said that you know she stays active just by running after her kids. And I loved this this quote that we got from Rebecca English saying that Kate loves to jump on the trampoline before school or just run around and play with them. And that's kind of how she
0: stays active on a day-to-day basis. Seriously, just running after kids, you'll get your ten thousand <laughs> steps a day. It's right. I, I do
2: wonder if uh, trampoline sales, you know, had
0: a little had a little bit of a boost after she said.
2: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it has. The trampoline to stay <laughs>
0: fit. <laughs> I love it. Well, Prince William, like we said, you know, they're keeping calm and carrying on, and Prince William vowed to keep going as he and Kate put on a united front visiting the Royal Liverpool University Hospital. The couple shook hands with, um, you know, a lot of people. And one elderly woman took the opportunity to provide some words of encouragement to William. The 81-year-old said, keep going, Will. Scousers loves you, referring to the loving nickname for Liverpoolians. um, And he said that, I will do. Um, So this was according to the Telegraph. And it seems like, you know, they're kind of blocking out the noise. And like we said, business as usual, moving on.
2: Definitely, you know, we're just seeing them, you know, keep calm and carry on, but also just, you know, getting back to work, Mm -hmm. lots and lots of meetings with, with people, with with families, taking selfies all of a sudden, which we haven't really seen in the past, lots and lots of walkabouts, talking to the people, Mm -hmm. um, and really sort of building up that relationship with the British people, with people that are coming out to see them again, standing outside. It is bitterly cold in the UK right Mm -hmm. now. Um, but the people are still standing out
0: there just to wave hello. Definitely. All right. Well, this was interesting and didn't have the my mango card for 2023. But Kim Kardashian now owns Princess Diana's iconic Atala cross. So we're, we're going to spill some royalty. And she attained the pendant. She paid $200,000 for this. So this um, was a cross set with square-cut amethyst and circular-cut diamonds. It was created in the 1920s. And uh, it was purchased by name Atala and lent to Diana in 19. 19- She wore the gem to an event in support of Birthright, a charity that strives to protect human rights during pregnancy and childbirth. She paired the piece with an eye-catching black and purple Catherine Walker & Co gown, it's a very um talked about ensemble, and it was, uh, according to S- Sotheby's, the necklace was one of Diana's favorite pieces, and it said, it is understood that the cross was only ever worn by the princess, and following her death, it was never seen in public again until now. So Kim Kardashian is just, uh, you know, uh, clevering clover- <laughs> up these jewels because she has um, Elizabeth Taylor's jewels, now she has Princess Diana's. So it seems like she is uh, collecting a lot of these memorable pieces. What is she going to do with
2: them? Especially, this is this is quite a large piece. It's quite a it's quite a big um, cross shaped necklace. It's kind of chunky. It's very much a statement necklace. Uh, so, what is she going to do with it? Because such a piece, it would be a shame if it just sort of stayed on display in her house. I hope I hope Kim does you know pull out some amazing outfit, maybe some Met Gala piece or something like that. To, I, feel to show like, yeah, I feel
0: like this is a Met Gala moment definitely after yeah, the Marilyn definitely. Monroe moment this is the next Met Gala moment yeah. <laughs> um so this was a friendship that we didn't see coming or at least I didn't see coming so Sarah another, Ferguson, another bingo card that we didn't yeah, have. <laughs> did yeah did not see this either so um Sarah Ferguson was uh, apparently really good friends with Lisa Marie Presley and she spoke at her Memorial recently and actually used a quote from her uh late mother-in-law Queen Elizabeth so she said I stand here with great honor because we called each other Sissy and I've been with you, been with you all for all your lives. Really? Sissy, this is for you with affection. My late mother-in-law used to say that nothing can be said that nothing can be said can begin to take away the anguish and the pain of these moments because grief is the price we pay for love and how right she was. Yeah. We really were unaware that they had sparked this friendship, but I guess when Lisa Marie was living in um, England, they became really good friends and you know, she made the trip over here to pay her respects and, you know, give a nod to Queen Elizabeth as well.
2: I know it's such an interesting relationship, but I guess when you sort of have that really unique level of fame, you know, Lisa Marie Presley being as really famous as she was in a really unique way, just kind of not necessarily in her own right, but for who her family was. And then Sarah Ferguson, the same thing. You know, she's kind of hugely famous for who her family was. They yeah. must have been able to bond over that somehow. I, I had no idea that they would be close friends right. until the client found out. But it definitely, it makes sense that, you know, they would sort of share a bond. Definitely. Um, I think that those words that, you know, quoting Queen Elizabeth II are so moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but really interesting
0: after what Harry said yeah. in his book isn't it? I really, I liked it. We, I, you know, we kind of totally missed this. I mean, because there were so many other big moments in the book, <laughs> um, but he, I guess he was very unimpressed when he visited Graceland recently saying that. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, People thought, you know, call this a house, a castle, a mansion, a palace, but it reminded me of a badger set. (laughs) And it was dark, claustrophobic. And he was like, did the king really live here? But yeah, I mean, that's what Elvis liked back in the day.
2: Uh, I wonder if he's, of all the things he may be regretting from that book, I wonder if with the timing of this,
0: does he regret that particular segment? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right, well, let's break down some royal rules. And this week, our friend Jonathan Secretary joined us and he revealed actually that a British pro- a British member of Parliament is aiming to pass a law allowing the Sussex's status to be downgraded. He also revealed where Harry and Meghan stand right now with the monarchy. So take a look at this. There is a law in motion, now, right, allowing the Sussexes' status to be downgraded. So tell us all about this and what this means.
1: Bob Seeley MP told me that he's pressing ahead with his attempt to pass legislation that would allow Harry and Meghan to be downgraded as royals. He's planning what's called a private members bill, which would allow a vote on taking away their titles. Now, private members bills can be introduced by elected members of parliament and also by members of the house of lords who aren't government government ministers uh speaking to me directly bob seeley revealed that the bill won't be presented until the middle of february because it needs to be written uh, but he said that it's aimed at dealing with what he called bad royals to give support to the monarchy now, i asked him why he's doing this he's clear that he thinks harry and megan are embarrassing themselves and he called the situation a bit sad. He's clear that this is in no way designed to embarrass the king or the royal family on his part. On the contrary, he said that this is about supporting a constitutional monarchy, which has been brought into disrepute. He -hmm. said that if Harry has any self-respect, he should renounce his title himself. And he told me that the monarchy is meant to be dignified, describing it as the dignified bit of our constitution. Now, I think that's a really interesting point because the monarchy here isn't just a soap opera. It's not just a celebrity, uh, un- unfolding celebrity story. It's a fundamental part of the British constitution. And while it isn't elected or modern in terms of how it works, it does serve an important role, largely because it's dignified and calm, traditional, and it's just got that way of operating. And when that's interrupted by forces either from outside or inside the family, it's quite a serious challenge. Yeah. Now, Parliament where Bob Seeley works can get heated and messy, but royalties meant to be a sort of touchstone of calm dignity and history and tradition. And that reflects something about Britain to the nation and the world. And I think that we really saw that actually at work recently when the queen died. So his bill aims to amend an existing law, which is called the 1917 Titles Deprivation Act. Uh, And that was used to strip German royal family of their UK titles during the First World War. What he's proposing is that the Privy Council would have the power to strip the Duke and Duchess of their titles if if the bill were passed. So Bob Seeley says he's going ahead with his plan, unless, of course, Harry and Meghan choose to act preemptively and make it unnecessary, because when we spoke, he told me that if Harry hates it all so much, he should do us a favor Mm -hmm. and renounce his titles, and we can call them Mr. and Mrs. Windsor, or whatever they want to be called.
0: Do we know if he has support from other members of the parliament and if he really feels like this is going to get passed?
1: Well, the government said it isn't actually backing this bill, and only a minority of private members' bills actually become law, uh, because they aren't part of the legislative agenda of the government. But they do generate a lot of publicity, and, and this one's no exception. And I think that in this case, the proposal's very much in tune with mainstream public opinion, so perhaps it'll be a bit different. Of course, Harry revealed that he suggested to the king, to his father once, that he'd give up his and Meghan's titles anyway if they weren't able to live in Canada and still perform some royal duties. But that obviously didn't work out for them. And since then, he's backtracked on that offer. I mean, the couple still use their titles, especially in commercial activities through which they make millions of dollars. But mm-hmm. when he was asked recently if he'd voluntarily give up the titles, he just snapped back and said, what difference would that make?
0: Right. I mean, why do why do you think that the royal family hasn't renounced these titles yet? And do you think that that's something that they'll consider doing, especially if this gets a lot of publicity and a lot of people support them not having these titles anymore?
1: Well, I think the sense that I get is that this is not something they want to do. I think in this war between... Harry and Meghan and the rest of the royal family, I think they're trying to calm things, not trying to throw more grenades in, not trying to provoke any more than they're being provoked. So I think that trying to remove their titles by the king would be seen as perhaps an aggressive move, or at least Harry and Meghan could dress it up that way. I mean, we might have spare two or, or netflix right. uh, volumes you know seven to twelve uh and and i think perhaps they're trying to spare us all of that misery as well uh, in all honesty i think it's just not necessarily on their agenda they want to get on with doing the job of the royal family mm. and try and avoid that and i think that's why people like bob seeley are interested in trying to do what they can to right. support the family i don't know if it's supported by the royal family but that is how i think he would see it is that he's Trying to do something so that that decision can be made can be removed from the king himself, but it could be an indication of dissatisfaction uh, in a wider way.
0: Definitely, and you know, it's been a couple of weeks since Spare came out, and obviously, people are still talking about it. But what's any rumblings over in the royal uh, family? Do we know if anybody has spoken to one another? You know, or do we think that you know we're just going to kind of let this lie for a little bit?
1: Yeah, they haven't told me about it. If they have, mm-hmm. um, but I, I suspect that there are some efforts going on mm. to try and make some form of reconciliation. There were some reports here uh, in in the newspapers that the palace sources, uh, those mysterious sources we sometimes read about, had mentioned that there would be an effort to try and make some mm. form of reconciliation before the coronation, I think because they don't want it to upstage mm. what's going on on that very important day. Uh, so whether or not that's possible is, is one thing, and whether or not it's lasting is another thing. So even if they do manage to make some form of peace might be temporary Mm. I think it's going to be extremely difficult for them as a family and, and more broadly for the nation and and for the institution to forgive what's happened I think Harry and Meghan have said they're expecting an apology but I think there aren't many people who agree that it's due that way round. I think plenty of people see that the royal family, in particular, some of the individuals within it, uh, the king, Mm. uh, the queen, and the Prince of Wales, uh, all come out of that book so badly. They're they're so broadly criticised by Harry, so nastily criticised in sections that I think they could be feeling very sore about this. But above all else, I think they might also be feeling that they just want to keep quiet because they don't want to provoke any more of this sort of thing, which is damaging not just to them emotionally and personally, but to the nation, because this is an attack, effectively, on part of of the Constitution of Great Britain. And and that in itself is not something that's desirable.
0: I mean, it would be interesting if something like that passed. I don't know if it will, but um, it seems uh, interesting that they are using their efforts to really try to strip them of these titles.
2: Yeah, it's really, you know, the British people really are, are so annoyed with them. Yeah. And so it doesn't really surprise me. There's obviously bigger issues at hand, lots and lots of things that, you know, Parliament needs to to focus on right now. But I'm not surprised to see this still coming up in conversation. But I do think that there are bigger problems. Yeah,
0: definitely bigger problems. All right, well, let's end off on a very happy note, getting into our pint-sized palace, because Princess Eugenie announced that she is expecting her second child. She wrote on Instagram, we're so excited to share that there will be a new addition to our family this summer. Of course, she and her husband, Jack, share with their son, August, who is 23 months. So definitely some big, exciting news uh, to look forward to in the next few months.
2: Definitely. So much fun. I think she shared the cutest photo yeah. on Instagram. And then if, um, her mom, Sarah Ferguson, again, <laughs> popping up, shared another really cute photo saying that she was in grandma heaven. Aww. And so that's just so happy for them and their family. It's nice to have some really, really happy royal family to do. Definitely.
0: The, the uh, grandchildren and the cousins keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I love to Aww. see it. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royally Us. Uh, please keep commenting. Keep subscribing. And Christine and I will see you guys next week.